0: Inspiration and insights from leaders in the accounting, finance, and business worlds. This is the TSCPA Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Booth. Today we're talking with Dr. Chris Keel, the Managing Director and Co-Founder of Armada Corporate Intelligence. He'll be presenting at TSCPA's Financial Institutions Conference on September 26th, and he is also, among many other things, the Chief Economist for the National Association for Credit Management and the chief editor of the Business Intelligence Briefs. Hi Chris, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. So let's start with your background. Where did you grow up and what were you interested in as a kid?
1: I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, in Kansas City, Kansas. I have lived here all my life, so it is definitely hometown. (laughs) As a kid, I was just insanely curious about pretty much everything and had an early interest in economics and politics, believe it or not. Um, my father was an engineer and he always looked at me rather askance um, when, <laughs> when I would express interest in what he referred to as the dark side um, of economics. So it kind of led me into most of my decisions when it came to education. I was started out actually as a Soviet and East European specialist uh, when I was in graduate school. I was going to study the evil empire and uh, make a living at it. And then they had the poor taste to go out of business. So I metamorphosed into a little more traditional economist along the way.
0: So before you co-founded Armada in 1999, I know you were a professor of economics and finance for a long time. Did you find that experience helpful at all when you were starting the business? Did it help you shape the kind of business you wanted to have?
1: I mean, it was helpful in some respects, and it also took some relearning. Um, Obviously, being up in front of a bunch of freshmen at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Monday um, requires you to be a fairly entertaining presenter. Otherwise, you're going to be talking to people in their sleep. But probably the biggest transition going into business was learning not to be such an academic. Uh, My first attempt, for example, at... Presenting a report to a client was this massive annotated noted report of just the kind of thing that academics just love and the CEO gave me this withering look and literally tossed it back in my face and said I need this distilled down to one PowerPoint slide with no more than four bullet points so I had to learn how to be concise and that was a bit of a challenge for a while. I also learned that when you start your business, you need to find somebody who has skills you don't. My business partner is the more business-oriented of the two of us and sort of tempers my academic orientation. But it was a good training ground in some respects, but there's a lot of difference between communicating in a business environment and communicating in an academic environment.
0: Sure. Yeah, they are definitely two different worlds. So at TSCPA's Financial Institutions Conference, uh, you'll be presenting a session called Risk and Reward, Banking and the Economy. Without giving too much away, just give our listeners a little preview of what you'll be talking about.
1: Yeah, this is a very critical part of business. Banking is at the heart of everything uh, and it's the job of banks to somehow balance the risk of lending money and supporting business and the reward of seeing economic growth. If you go too far. In either direction, it doesn't work very well. Uh, As we went into the recession of 2009, we got a feeling for what happens when things are too risky, and banks became stressed and strained. Of course, not all of them, but the overreaction on the part of the politicians has created a new problem, and that is that banks are essentially being punished for doing the risky things they are required to do. So we're going to talk a little bit about how we got to that situation in 2009, not a lot of detail, and then focus more on where we are now, what the attempt has been on the part of regulators and politicians and banks, and then look forward a little bit as to where banks should expect to be uh, going into the coming years. We have an election that will be coming up soon, and it may have some impact. On, on how banks are handled. It may have an impact on things like the Bank Reform Act. Um, there are a lot of people who would like to see that modified, and there are a lot of people who would like to see it left completely alone. So we'll talk a little bit about the chances of either one of those and try to figure out really where the banks can be expected to play in the coming year. So
0: obviously, we're the Tennessee Society of CPAs. Many of our members work in banking, Talk to a CPA who works in banking for a minute, what kinds of things should they be on the lookout for? What are some of the upcoming issues they should try to get ahead of the curve
1: on? Yeah, I think what it comes down to is having that ability to balance not only what's happening in the regulatory environment and in the, in the legal environment. We know as accountants, as bankers, that we live in probably the most regulated sector of the US economy. Uh, There is very, very extensive engagement by, at last count, about 27 different government regulatory bodies. And particularly for the accountants, they're the ones who are going to be expected to know all of that and expected to know what they can and can't do. At the same time, they are a business and they work in a competitive environment. They are competing with other banks to have the best client base and they're competing with other banks to service um, the people that come to them for help and assistance. The accountant and the banker now is being turned to increasingly as the number one business advisor for businesses. Not too many years ago, that was kind of the role of the lawyer and that has changed. There's now a lot of interest in kind of accountant as advisor and banker as advisor it's always been a role they've played but it's becoming a more prominent one and that puts even more burden on people to kind of think in the future try to understand what direction the economy is going particularly locally i mean it's one thing to get national data that's all very well and good but what really matters to most of the people is what's happening in tennessee and more specifically what's happening in jackson or in nashville or in some other part memphis just some place that is very specific but that's what's going to matter most to a business
0: yes cpas have really embraced that role of the trusted business advisor you know it's been a big part of the changing landscape of the profession over the last decade or two so as i mentioned at the top you have many many roles tell us a little bit about those roles and how they relate to each other And how you juggle all of them at the same time. It's probably a lot of traveling, right?
1: Well, let's just put it this way Southwest really loves me. Um, It's something that really began about the time of the recession. All of a sudden, economists became very popular. Everybody wanted to have somebody come from out of town and tell them how bad it was. So we're kind of in demand. Uh, I've got a new theory these days that. When people stop asking me to speak, the economy has recovered. So as as long as it's not in great shape, I have a business. So I'm the economist for a number of different organizations, and several of them are state accounting societies. I'm more or less the accountant or the economist for the Missouri Society, the Kansas Society, Kentucky. Um, we do work with Tennessee, obviously so i'm also the economist for the fabricators and manufacturers association so i get a very solid insight into the manufacturing world i'm the economist as you mentioned for the national association for credit management so i understand what's happening in the credit managers world and then in the course of speaking to a hundred some groups every year if you keep your ears open and you talk to people you get a real sense of what's happening all over the country because these people represent every state. I mean, the conferences are coast to coast, but the membership that attends, uh, it's even more varied.
0: A hundred times a year. Wow. So if you travel that much, what's your favorite thing about traveling and your least favorite?
1: <laughs> my favorite thing about traveling. Um, gosh, I'm not sure there is a, no, but my favorite thing about traveling is what I actually do when I get there. Um, the joke among speakers is that we speak for free, you pay us to travel. Um, there's not a whole lot of joy in, in the airlines these days, and one hotel is much like the other, and I'm never really around long enough to enjoy much of the city. But I thoroughly enjoy the opportunity to speak to people and, and meet with the groups that I work with, and, and that's the reason I do it. And then I hurry up and get on a plane and go home. <laughs> so sure.
0: So when we talk about banking, as you mentioned before, you know, we can't help but have the memory of the 2008 crash, you know, right there in our rearview mirror. So when you think about the factors that led to that, the steps that are being taken now to prevent it from happening again, do you think they'll work?
1: That's one of the great challenges, because at the point that there was the breakdown and we had the banking crisis, there was a a sort of a pell-mell effort to make sure this would never happen again and it became kind of a matter of assigning blame somebody had to be at fault and there's kind of two ways to approach regulation one is to decide that there's a villain and they must be punished the other is to say okay something went astray we need to fix what didn't work without breaking the whole system and there's a lot of temptation to go with the former you want to find somebody to get even with and what we're now sorting through is now that tempers have sort of declined and cooler heads are prevailing we're trying to look at the banking regulations and and the changes and say okay what can we do to protect society from mistakes at the same time not cripple the banks um i mean a good example right now is that the mortgages in the in the country are quite inexpensive it's great however getting one is really tough and so you have an awful lot of people who would like to get into housing but we become hyper vigilant because we weren't very vigilant in 2008 2007 and 2009 so it's it's trying to get off this pendulum of of swinging from one extreme to the other. And right now, we're kind of coming back from the extreme of, of caution and regulation. We don't want to go too far the other direction, but we also need to make sure that we understand that without the grease that banks provide, the wheels don't move. Of
0: course. Yeah, that's definitely a difficult tightrope to walk. So you know, because of the unpredictability, the constant change in this industry, what would you say is like the number one most important trait for a younger accountant to have if they want to be successful in banking?
1: Probably curiosity and, and a desire to keep learning. Um, of course, this has always been a profession that requires constant updating. I mean, that's one of the reasons that There are organizations like the Tennessee Society of CPAs and that's why there are conferences like this and that's why there are programs because things change and you have to keep up. It's not one of the industries that you learn something at the age of 25 and you ride that horse until you retire. Things are going to be changing weekly, monthly certainly, and certainly annually. So part of it is that willingness to keep up Part of it is that willingness to stretch your capabilities. As I mentioned earlier, the accountant and the banker are being turned to increasingly as business advisors. You know, in a sense, the accountant for any business is the only one who sees the business naked. I mean, they see the numbers. They know what that company is up against. And almost nobody else involved in that company outside of maybe the CEO or CFO really sees it in that entirety and so when somebody is coming to an accountant or a banker and and asking for um help i mean it's going to be up to that individual to be really aware not only of their own business but of the business of their customer and that can be a pretty tall order i mean you take a state as diverse as tennessee It's agriculture, it's manufacturing, it's mining, it's the service sector, it's healthcare, and the average accountant, particularly one working for a bank, is kind of expected to know all of those.
0: Yeah, that's a tall order for sure. Well, thanks for talking with us, Chris. I really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, yeah, sure.
0: I want to thank Chris Keel for being on the podcast today. Check out our website to register for the Financial Institutions Conference on September 26th. And on behalf of the entire TSCPA team, thanks for listening. We'll talk with you again soon.